Hello, everyone, and welcome to the King Gamer Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Callahan, and we have a great episode for you guys today. Joining us for the podcast, Jessica Orr. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm okay, thanks, Mark. Like Dan, I'm a little bit warm. We're having a, a heat wave in the UK, but apart from that, all good. Yeah, it's like 90-ish here in New York. It's not fun. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure that's hot. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have yeah, like a different yeah. temperature. Maybe over here, and... we make you were on fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here you'd be like dead. You would just be taking a combustion if you were 90. Yeah, yeah. It's a oh, New 30, Yorker thing. 32, yeah. Flames. 32 degrees Celsius for anyone in, in the UK. That's it's pretty warm. But hey, at least our dollar, your pound, we're the same now. <laughs> That's some um, e-commerce <laughs> trivia for you guys now. <laughs> Welcome back that's to what, the that's what the e-commerce. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Break down all the, the economy. <laughs> Should you sell or buy? That's the main topic know. of today's show. <laughs> <laughs> the stock market. Life's true game. <laughs> but also joining us, someone who was also suffering from this quote heat with Celsius or pounds. I don't know, Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm okay at the minute, but I might be a puddle by the end of this. You might see a, a pair of glasses and a puddle in this seat at the end. The, us, us pale British people that play video games, we aren't built for the heat, man. It's just it's too much. And for our audio listeners, Dan is wearing a black shirt, which can't help at all. I'm wearing a blue jumper. Hey, you know, it's a trackie, so I was like, a trackie will be comfy today, but I forgot the trackie top wasn't just a top, it was a jumper. Ooh. Mistakes were made. Yeah, see, Mark, we're not prepared for this. <laughs> I do have air con on my feet right now, so that's helping. So I'm really hot up here and really cool down there. So. <laughs> it's like a hell mullet. It's like business in the front, cool in the back. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, joining us from his vacation home, hopefully you're not dying of heat. Noah, Noah, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm not dying of heat at all here. I'd, I'd say it's maybe 85 degrees Fahrenheit here up in Celsius. That's maybe 29, I'd say. Well, look at Noah flexing his math, <laughs> his international knowledge. <laughs> Where are you uh, vacationing, Noah? Uh, I'm, I have a lakefront. Well, I don't. My, my parents have a lakefront house at Lake Wall and Pop Pack in, in Pennsylvania. It's kind of the Northeast area. How far is that from Hershey Park? Uh, from Hershey, uh, maybe three hours, I'd be closer to there in my regular home. That had nothing to do with anything. I just really love Hershey Park. They have a five pound yeah. Hershey bar, Brits. Yeah. Yeah, Hershey, As in the Hershey Park. It, yes. Yeah, Is that the chocolate tastes like vomit? <laughs> you take that back. Hershey <laughs> right. tastes like vomit, right? It no. does, babe, yeah. No. It, it does. does. What? Yeah. You guys don't I'm, know what good chocolate is. <laughs> no, it tastes like it's been made with rotten milk. Um, <laughs> like, let's, let's wait till the milk goes lumpy and then make the chocolate. That sounds good, lads. <laughs> what? No. So we're selling Hershey stock. Right. We're not going to buy in? <laughs> <laughs> is that what's going on here not until it's it's nice and creamy and doesn't taste like vomit <laughs> i can't believe you guys. what a slogan nice and creamy and doesn't taste like vomit <laughs> yeah king gamer rotten milk it's a horrible slogan but you know what's not horrible this podcast back on track 
we got a fun episode for you guys today because in honor of God of War Ragnarok, we are going to talk about the best gaming sequels. Plus, we're going to talk about that date announcement, Forspoken getting delayed, Skates free to play. But first, let's talk about the games we're playing right now. So, Jessica, you're playing a new game called Madison. I have mm-hmm. no clue what this game is. Please enlighten me. Uh, a couple of people might know of just because it was featured on a couple of the streams during non-A3. What did you call it, Dan? Jeffcon 3? <laughs> Jeffcon 3. Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Brilliant. <laughs> Jeffcon 3, when it was on, uh, I think it was in Guerrilla Games. <laughs> it was They're definitely so not in, <laughs> in Wholesome Games because <sighs> it, yeah, it's a horror game. It's a horror game inspired by PT, like many have after it came out. But it's probably the best one I've played since it's been inspired by PT. Uh, I played Visage, which I mentioned on one of my first episodes in podcast. But it's a little, it's puzzles were just like, I don't want to solve this. This isn't fun. Whereas Madison has a good, reminds me of Resident Evil 7 meets PT. You've got like an inventory management, you're in a creepy house. And it's only made by two people, uh, two Spanish developers, I believe. They're called Bloodiest Games. Um... It's pretty polished. Uh, the basic premise is you're you're a guy called Luca. You don't know what's happened. Your dad's just banging on the door saying, what have you done? What have you done? And then creepy stuff starts to happen as you're running away in this house and you go into your grandma's house and you have to solve puzzles, but they're not, they're like Resident Evil puzzles, but maybe a little harder. Um, and a lot of them, maybe all of them, are like randomly generated, the solutions. So you can know how to solve it, but you can't just look at a guide and say, oh, I just need to input this and do it. You have to go and do it yourself. Um, and I think it's it's a really good horror game that balances psychological horror and jump scares because, my God, does it have jump scares. I screamed like some 40-year-old woman the other day like three times in a row because something was chasing me. It was like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh but those bits those bits are fun it's kind of like you're on like a like a ghost train ride or something and then you have the real oh i don't want to do this like it's this really creepy foreboding feeling uh a really cool mechanic is the camera you get you have to take p- pictures of things and it reveals what you have to do in these puzzles it's really clever like if you see a polaroid somewhere you know you have to take a picture and it'll show you something different in the polaroid like here's what you sort of the general idea of what you have to do that is also used as like a scaring mechanic because at a certain point you need to take a picture of this thing in a room but it was all dark and when you took the picture it flashed and you saw it and it was like running at you uh, it's in first person by the way which is right reminds me of resident evil 7. um emmanuel ortiz did the review on king gamer and he gave it an 8.5 which is honestly around about where i am right now um i haven't completed it he didn't really like the inventory management which i get it kind of did feel like it was kind of tacked in there like oh crap we've got too many items we don't know we don't want people just carrying this around so here's this and resident evil inspired thing uh i do agree with him that the puzzles were really good really solid but for me i played on xbox and it had this really annoying bug where every time you unlocked an achievement you would put you to the main menu <laughs> and oh. yeah there was achievements like just take 50 photos so i did it at a really inconvenient point and there's no there's no manual save system so you went back to your auto save and it happened to me about three four times in a row and i was like okay i'm done <laughs> i'm not playing this until they patch it but they have patched it i just i need to go back like tonight or tomorrow to finish it off um really cool if you're into if you liked pt like dan i think you mentioned you play pt right hell yeah 
Yep. Yeah, it's it's came close to the. It's not as convoluted the, like the puzzle solutions in PT itself. Um, there's even a like a corridor inspired moment, but it was actually really cool. I didn't feel like they were ripping off PT. It was their own thing that they did with it. Um, it's got that scary, weird stuff going on, but also it's got the psychological story. It's not like perfect. It's got a bunch of frame rate issues, and that bug on the Xbox was really annoying. But they're working on patching it, and it's two people. Indie game, really recommend it if you're in the Resident Evil or PT, or even if you did play Visage and find it a little difficult. Awesome. Now, what kind of puzzles are we talking about? <laughs> oh, you've never played a Resident Evil game, so I suppose that's not a very good reference for you. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. You um, say PT, and I'm like an old person. I'm like, oh, physical therapy. <laughs> No, no physical therapy puzzles that I've come across so far. The um, puzzle walk. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was PT. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> in PT you had like really weird things to try and work out. Like you had to like shout Lisa. I had like an audio trigger. You had to like say Lisa yeah. at the mic and stuff. And yeah, yeah constantly yeah, just going, really Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't incredible. Very Hideo Kojima, though. Um, in this, it's more like like Resident Evil. Like you need to find the right item, like Metrovania, I guess. Find the right item to unlock the door to go into the next area, or you get like random items, like you do in Resident Evil, like a, a medallion, and you got to work out a. There was a galaxy. There was like a galaxy puzzle, like a solar system. You had to find the right medallions and put them in the right order. You get clues for that, and there's a hard mode where you can't take a Polaroid photo helping you out but i just went to the normal one and it's totally fine it feel it's a good balance it, i'm not like i'm totally stumped what do i do like visage but um there's moments where like hmm, i wonder what i have to use this for and you just need to wait a little hmm. bit longer to, for it to be revealed yeah now is this free on game pass or you just bought it no so i got a copy for doing guides so but i was gonna gotcha. buy it it's been on my radar for a long time i mentioned it in our looking forward to upcoming games um i think it's really cool it's made by two people like looking at it you really wouldn't think it was just two people um apart from those bugs um it seems really good so i'll see what the price is actually and it's like on certain xbox pc switch and playstation so pretty accessible to jump on it and remember pound is the same as the dollar <laughs> so no conversions here uh, as uh developed by a japanese team as a Japanese horror game? No, I think it's Spanish. There's uh, two oh, yeah, you said that, sorry. Yeah, 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 no, you're right. okay. Mm. Cool. Spanish horror can be creepy. I've seen some Spanish horror films that are pretty messed up. Yeah, oh, oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it looks to be from 30 great British pounds to 35 great British pounds. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So not, not a $70 game, thankfully. It's not Last of Us Part 1. <laughs> <laughs> it is not ah oh well so for any any horror games like uh fans out there you would recommend this definitely one of the best i've played in quite a long time yeah well awesome anything else before we move on i don't think so i think it's all I'm trying to remember i don't think it's very long though which is probably why the the 30 to 35 pound price tag is you're probably getting the length of a Resident Evil campaign, you know, you can complete that in no time at all if you know what you're doing, or it'll take you about 10 hours um, in the first playthrough. Nice. So, moving on to me. 
So a couple weeks ago, Daniel talked about Far Cry 6, and this is just after the PlayStation Plus like news system came out. And I'm like, oh my god, I downloaded Far Cry 3. I still haven't played it. So I played a little last night. And, you know, like very early on, like, I just unlocked the first tower. I think I'm going to my like first outpost. I will say this. Voss, definitely not overhyped. Hmm. I think even a little underhyped. Because oh, immediately, wow. immediately, I forget the actor's name and it's going to kill me. But Michael, Michael Mando. Exactly. He, like, he was just so electric. He's talking to you in the cage with your brother. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And I didn't even get to, like, the famous bits yet. I'm just getting for, like, the... Mm. It's like a little appetizer. And it does play, like, an old-ish 2012 game. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's like, oh, yeah, I just went from Returnal playstation 5 to this it's a little bit of a jump down but you know what ifs <laughs> but all in all very fun so a little short for me but actually transition to daniel far cry 6 now you said before the podcast you're playing a stranger things mission which i'm like no there's no stranger things <laughs> you're probably thinking of like oh no Fortnite or some <laughs> crap like that but, and then google's like nah he's right i'm like oh so <laughs> Please enlighten me, Daniel. So when I bought Far Cry 6, um, bear in mind I bought it like a year after it came out and whatever, um, stuck it in my PS5 and installed it. You know how when you're on the PS5 menu screen, it gives you the wee icon and then it gives you like the image in the background? Well, the image in the background was Far Cry and then the wee X thing, Stranger Things. So like Far Cry crossover Stranger Things. And it's got the female Danny character and now you can play the male or female you've got the female danny character standing with a gun and what looks like the upside down and in the background you've got the main flare standing looking down at her um so i was like you i can assume it was some online nonsense i was like this is some you know like you're saying fortnite some co-op online I, I i don't i'm not an online guy so i was like this doesn't matter to me i'll just play the game so i'm just you know doing my thing playing through far cry and then i see this side mission come up the vanishing and it was just a side mission, so I just thought it was another casual side mission, and I go, and you have to go down to this bunker. Um, there's a dog in the game called Chorizo. He's a sweet sausage dog with a wheelchair. So Chorizo's gone missing. That He's he's the vanished character. Um, <laughs> he's the Will Byers. And, yeah, he's the Will Byers. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm loving he, this. He's, he's been taken, and you get asked to go and look for him. So the last place we've seen was this bunker. You go to this bunker and all of a sudden you hear these radio these Russian radio transmissions coming through the bunker. So you make your way down and you're speaking to this woman over like walkie-talkies and stuff. And there's these big claw marks in the door, which looks like something the Demogorgon would have done. You know, these kind of three big claw marks. And you're, you're hearing this Russian woman and she is, I think they say that she's number six. You know, like 11's 11. She's, yeah. she's one of the kids um growing up and living in yara apparently um and <laughs> she has the psychic powers she's this older is this canon she's never, she's never uh, no idea. probably not i don't know, I don't know if the duffer signed off on this um she's spent a whole life in this bunker and she's like i know where your dog is he's in this place they, they don't call it the upside down they call it the shadow place or the shadow realm or something so you fight with her you fight all these like russian soldiers and then you get to the 
you know how in season three, at the end of season three, when spoilers if you're not seeing Stranger Things, when Hopper um, closes the gate at the end of season three and you think he's dead, that big laser thing. So you've got one of them in this bunker at the bottom. And you have to do this kind of puzzle to power it up. It's, it's a Ubisoft game, so it's not a puzzle. You pull a couple of lever, levers and press a button, and this laser comes on, um, and then you go into the upside down. And do you know something? I wasn't expecting much. They've done a really good job. You, you go into the upside down, and you're in the same control room, and everything's covered in the gunk that you get in the upside down. And then when you go outside, you're, you're met with the mind flare. He's standing in the sky looking down at you. And it's really, playing it on a big TV, it's really intimidating. Mm. So... You fight. They, they they do slightly play with the canon because there's kind of like zombie creatures that are like these people lost to the upside down who have got like blue glowing eyes and run at you. It's just far cry enemies basically. <laughs> um, so you, you you fight through them, um, but the demigorgon's there. Um, eventually, the demigorgon. You, you, spoilers. You find Shuri, so um, you find his wheel first for his wheelchair, <laughs> and then you find him. He's he's all cocooned in the the, the upside down gunk, and you get him out. And you put his wheelchair thing back on and and then you have to get him back and then that's when the demogorgon emerges and starts chasing you and then more demogorgons emerge you can't kill the demogorgon which is a bit disappointing even if you flamethrower him and throw molotovs you can't actually kill him he just keeps coming but um you can slow him down um and you can kill these other things and then you just sort of run back but while you're doing it the mind as you're killing these things you hear the mind flare kind of getting passed off up in the sky and he starts to come down and he kind of looks right at you and you're like oh jesus like you look up and this thing's right there and then it goes mm. back up and then it stops on its feet and then more lightning the red lightning happens and then more creatures come at you and it was just it was way more than i thought it would be you know i thought it'd be really kind of surface level just a skin slapped on the map but no, they actually did work in some elements for the show, like the main flare and the demigorgons. And there's a demidog at the end as well that you have to, when you get back to the bunker door, it's typical video game nonsense. Oh, we can't get the bunker door opened. Then you speak to this Russian woman. She's like, oh, I'll hack in and I'll get the door closed, you know. And she, she's trying to open the door while you're holding off the demigorgons, whatever. But it was fun. And then, yeah, then you get back through the portal. She, of course, stays behind to close the portal, Hopper style. So she quote-unquote dies so that they don't have to write her out of the rest of the game i guess and then <laughs> later on um well you think she's dead and the character of danny's sitting in the bar having a drink and he's thinking about this and he's like oh god she was an interesting woman i wonder where she is you know what happened to her and then there's these like lights over the bar and they'll start flickering you know upside down oh. style and um and then the the mexican barmaid hits the power box and goes ah shitty lighting that's <laughs> the thing you know the lights came back on and then it cuts to chorizo who comes out as we doghouse and coughs up a slug the way that we're oh no but because he's a dog he just eats it again you know, ah. just vomit. <laughs> so he coughs up the slug and then he just wags his tail and then just eats it again <laughs> and then it comes up far cry because up with the music you know it's like the far cry sex the vanishing so i was like do you know what that was fun i enjoyed that i didn't expect it yeah 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 a stranger things fan and you happen to have far cry sex it's obviously free dlc but yeah it's it's a laugh it's good i don't know how teasing a sequel yeah do you know something I can't believe I'm seeing this, but see, as I was playing through it, I was like, I would like to see a Ubisoft Stranger Things game. <laughs> that was kind of my takeaway. I never, ever thought I would say that. Mm. But there you go. They've done a good job with that mission. So uh, it, was, it was good. It was fun. Do you think there's towers in the Upside Down? Oh, no doubt. If Ubisoft are making it, there's <laughs> yeah. the Upside Down, 100%. <laughs> okay, first of all, the whole time I can think of, and actually, lots of things. One, I have Far Cry 6. I only did like the beginning. I want to play that mission now. Good sell, Daniel. Ubisoft is yeah. proud. Worth a play. 
Definitely. Two, I, the only thing I can imagine now is Chorizo with the Will Byers haircut. And it would just be so good. <laughs> and eh, no, that's it. That's only two thoughts. I want to play it and I want a Chorizo Will Byers crossover. Just, <laughs> yeah, cosmetic, please. <laughs> It's so strange though because the next mission I did after that was a normal, you know, story mission, and then you just cut back to Giancarlo Esposito giving us dictatorish <laughs> dramatic speech, and you're like, I just watched it so cough up an upside down fog, and I'm watching, you know, I just it's so, I was so jarring just to get back games. to like mainline Far Cry. I was like, this is this is bizarre, but yeah. Listen, uh, uh, dictator is very bad, but the upside down, you know, it's a little more of a threat. <laughs> Unless yeah. there's a Giancarlo upside down dictator. Oh, that'd be proper scary. Listen, Giancarlo's and everything else. He's in The Boys, he's in Mandalorian. Why not? Senior things. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to be like a good guy. That's it. <laughs> but yet it's again, even speaking... if... Sorry, because speaking of Vass, um, that's two Better Call Saul characters that are Far Cry villains. <laughs> well, good point. And isn't there like a, a DLC that has like Vass returning? Yes, there is. There's a DLC in Far Cry 6. It's got Pagan Min, um, Troy Baker's character for Far Cry 4, and Michael Mando's character, Vass. I've not played it. I think it's some paid DLC online thing. Like I yeah. said, not my, not my street at all. But yeah, it's in the game. I think, they, I think they brought the actors back and they did some updated graphics and motion capture and stuff. So I don't know if it's worth checking out, to be honest. I might get into that when I beat the game. We'll see. Interesting. Thanks, Daniel. Now I want to play Far Cry 6. <laughs> moving on to noah which is that a marlin behind you yeah or... it's it, it's a marlin it's kind of odd to have a saltwater fish it, it here but whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm more Yellow impressed <laughs> i'm more complimented like noah thinks i know the difference between freshwater and saltwater <laughs> fish like I, I like i'm judging him like ooh, you have a saltwater <laughs> fish <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know that uh, British people hated uh, Hershey's and, and the Scottish. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that either. I just learned that myself. Do you guys myself. like Reese's? <laughs> yeah, Reese's is great. Yeah. D Jessica, do you like that's Reese's? Peanut, yeah, that's, that's peanut butter. That's that's good. Yeah, but it also has Hershey chocolate. Yeah, but a very yeah, little but, amount. That's the peanut butter The peanut butter massive vomit taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no King Hamer podcast live from Hershey Park. <laughs> it's going to pay for airfare, but hmm. eh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> Noah, you've been playing again Pokemon White. How is it? Any updates? Yeah, I, I liked my playthrough. Yeah, I, yeah speaking of, uh, of sequels, that's a good sequel. So, pretty far in, I beat the Pokemon League. Now I'm doing post-game stuff, and and really, that's something I'd forgotten going in, is there's a lot of post-game with this one. There's a lot of legendaries you can go and catch. So I just caught uh, Reggie Rock and Reg Ice. So, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, my my team of six is uh, Samurai, Conkelder, Volcarona, uh, Hydreigon. See, that's... Uh, and Gig Gigalith, and that that's five, right? One, two... Oh, and uh, Electros. 
Now, is Electros a freshwater Pokemon or a saltwater Pokemon? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go if it's based off of a freshwater eel, but it's it's an electric type that it doesn't it doesn't really live in water, but I'm going to go if the sketch is a freshwater eel. I'm surprised you actually gave me a dignified answer. Yeah, it's like, if you're going to dare yeah. ask him that question, he is going to answer it detailed for you. Well, actually, now that I think about it, it, if it's an electric type, maybe it's supposed to be an electric eel. Uh, that would make sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, anything else about Pokemon White 2? Um, well, oh, let's see. Uh, well... Well, I, I now need to go catch a Cresselia that that's on one of the bridges and, and there's still places I haven't been to. Like there's a whole lot of the map that you only get get to visit after beating the Pokemon League, which is very, very unique to this game. So so I've still got to got to connect Icarus City with uh, with the, the Dragon City and and the and the flying gym city there's there's certain routes i haven't done there yet and then i've got to go to the to the southeast and then go through like where, where the original pokemon white starts like you have to hit that peninsula last and kind of head down to where professor juniper lives slightly uh, off topic but um did you hear well, us going off right? topic <laughs> What? Well, then this is more on topic than we usually go. <laughs> okay, then have the floor. <laughs> Did you hear the rumors, Noah, about clone Pokemon being in Pokemon Violet and Scarlet? Yeah, we're calling. Uh, well, it it's RF, and and a lot of people are theorizing that that's regional fakes, or or some may mm. even say that it means uh, robotic fakes, like like mm. robot fakes. So, so I, I hope that that the large uh, Pokedex count, it isn't like, I hope, hope there aren't like 30 of these regional fakes. Like, like what, what a drive said in a video a little while ago, like, like the more new Pokemon, the better. I, I don't want a huge amount of those to just be redrawn and reimagined sketches. I want completely new things. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And lastly, it's a lot of sequel talk. It's like yeah. that's the main topic of the show. <laughs> we didn't plan that. But Jessica, you've been playing Life is Strange too. Yes. Um I like blanked on Life is Strange 2 for four years now. Um I've played every other Life is Strange game and Tell Me Why, which is basically a Life is Strange game, just in all but name. Um because it, it had a demo beforehand. I don't know if either of you, any of you are fans of called Captain Spirit or The Amazing Adventures of Captain Spirit. And it was a free demo, basically, with a different character, not in Life is Strange 2, but it connected to the universe. And I have had it installed on two Xboxes for four years across two Xbox generations. Never got around to playing it, which is why I never started Life is Strange 2. But I had a little bit of free time and I wanted to play a single player, single player game. And I was like, sure, I have the first episode for free somehow. I can't remember where I got it from. Um, so I started playing it and I played episode one. And oh my God, it's the saddest Life is Strange story. Like I've played one and a half episodes of it. And they're known for their like, like teeny emotional stuff. But this is like straight up like you're watching a, a HBO drama or something. Like it is really sad, but really well done. You're on a road trip with two brothers, basically. Uh, Sean, he's the older one. He's 17. And Daniel, he's younger. I believe he's like 10. Um, and Daniel has uh, 
psychic powers like telekinesis he can move things with his mind uh, but he can't really control it because he's a kid um it's it's like life is strange it's kind of in the background it's not the main thing so far the main thing is the road trip with well i say road trip they're it, it wasn't a planned road trip they're basically just on the road trying to survive um and it's just as depressing as it sounds uh you have to do things like steal food you have to decide what you want to steal if you want to even steal to try and keep uh daniel warm daniel fed um you get a dog at one point that's also really depressing trying to keep him fed and everything and also when i went in the episode two it was like oh we noticed you don't have a captain spirit save so far uh playing it will enhance your life is strange too story so i actually went and played it after having it installed for four years it's also very sad it's a very sad game uh i haven't came across many happy moments in it so far but it's really good like i feel like this is like the peak of what don't know it can do with a life is strange game like i liked one but it kind of didn't pick up until like the last two episodes really came into its own um and this is don't nod not um deck nine who did before the storm and true colors which again really liked but this is so different with life and strange and tell me why whereas they were in like a town with a community established community people around you got to know everyone whereas this is a road trip so you're meeting new people every episode and honestly i just i have no idea where they're going to go like a lot has happened even in that first episode alone and then half of what i've done on the second episode um I've been meaning to play it for so long. I don't know why people don't talk about this one as often as they do as the other Life is Strange. It, it is different, but it's really, really good. Like, incredibly good. And I haven't seen much, much chatter around it, which is probably why I didn't pick it up for so long. I just picked it up because it was a Life is Strange game, basically. Not because I knew it was a good quality Life is Strange game or I heard anything bad about it. Um, I really recommend it so far, but not if you're in a bad mood and you don't want pretty depressing content. Uh, it's got a lot to say about... It's made in 2018. It's got a lot to say about like rising tensions in America as well. They're a Latino family, and not not great stuff happens to them because of that. Um, so some pretty heavy stuff. But then you you got the traditional Life is Strange awkward dialogue, which is better in this, but it's still pretty bad. Um, but yeah, good game. I do really recommend it. I, I had it for free on my Xbox. I believe they give it away at some point. So if you have it and you want to play it, like check your Microsoft account, see if you can have it for free too more like life is sadness am i right <laughs> they really they really could have titled it that yeah like just sending all that time address. for <laughs> that dumb joke mark was like hurry up shut up well, shut up shut it's up. like and it, the price intentions in america i'm like yeah i know i know but <laughs> i loved it <laughs> and i'm like <clears throat> more like life is sadness <laughs> Nailed yeah, it, Mark. Right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Worth it. Uh, but that was all the games that we've been playing in the past week. Now let's move on to the news. And definitely the biggest news that we... Yeah, I'm not going to say we should have gotten Summer Game Fest, but I feel like that should have been... Anyway, so we've been talking about it for a long, long time. I didn't think it was going to happen, but God of War Ragnarok is coming this year november 9th 2022 on a wednesday also known as odin day because yeah sure be cute <laughs> i mean surely thursday would have made more sense but okay yeah but <laughs> santa Mar like they're probably like oh, son of a bitch 
can't delay it a day. You already got harassed <laughs> over not sharing the date. But before we jump into reactions all that, I want to tell a little story. And I feel like this has been a running gag on this podcast. So every time we get good video game news, or at least something I'm excited for, something terribly happens in my life. I forget the first one, but I'm like, oh, got COVID. We'll get Snacks DLC. Boom. Aunt Mickey dies. And I said, I called it on this podcast. Jija, if God of War Ragnarok gets uh, released this year, you're going to die. <laughs> and you'll never believe what happened. No way. Oh, oh Daniel doesn't know. So sadly, and she's been in the client for a while, so it wasn't sudden, like, out of the blue, like. So that Wednesday morning, we find out, like, she's had this, uh, like, maybe cardiac arrest. I rushed to the house, and she was still conscious. She went to the hospital. And fast forward to that, like, she died peacefully that night, surrounded uh, all of us. She, because it's a do not resuscitate, she was able to go back home. We said our last goodbyes. Oh, lovely. So I go to work and I come in late and I check my phone before I set out and I have notifications on for Santa Monica. And all of a sudden I see like, oh, what's this? Boom. Uh oh. I'm like, it's a trailer. I'm like, and I scroll up and they're like, God of War is coming November 9th. And I'm like, well, she dead. I I called it on this podcast. Look back. You did not. <laughs> yeah, not a great gaming prediction, but yeah, that should have been on the gaming predictions. I wasn't on that one, so I'm so sorry think... to hear that, man. But that is insane. Like, what is going on with your? I that, know. That I said so he strange. needs to like get an exorcism on his PS5 or something. <laughs> Wait, it's like, did I like fun? snub someone on the street and they're like, happiness and gaming represents death <laughs> or horribleness? So, wow. just become an Xbox fan. We have no games. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma got killed by Kratos. Who knew? I <laughs> did. So, did everyone else have the same uh, story when they found out <laughs> the date announcement? Funny enough, though, that's a pretty unique one, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going up to visit my grand tonight, so I'll check on her when I'm up there. Perfect. <laughs> Tell her uh, I said hi. <laughs> I will do. And... Happy birthday, Grant. It may be your last. <laughs> <laughs> Kratos got announced. Sorry, Grammy. <laughs> Sorry, JJ. So, what does everyone think <laughs> about the date announcement? <laughs> I'm of glad the just pillar of my grandma. Yeah. Anyone excited to play him? <laughs> I'm going to play that game with such sadness, though. I'm going to thank you, Grand. Eh, it's not really sadness. I, I like to say it as, I will take the day off to avenge my grandma. Fair enough. Take care of your door. And I, I'm going to be honest, like going back to the actual game, I'm so excited. So, so, yeah. so excited. I've been like, it's funny that I said, like, on the what are we looking for in the second half of the year? 
if God of War was announced, because I'm only going by like release dates, that would have been number one. So appropriately for spoken out, God of War in. The marking's gonna heat up. I can't wait to see like a state of play, showing all the footage, or at least the gameplay. That's what I'm interested in. But yeah, because they haven't released gameplay at all yet, have they? Like a little mm-hmm. bit, like, like in that, yeah. like what is the like a presentation showcase? Was it like, like that CG three minute though? trailer? So they released like a CG trailer for the date announcement, but the previous thing was like a three minute like in game look at it mm-hmm. as a trailer. So you saw like a little bit of fighting and all that. Yeah, I, from my perspective, I'm interested to see what they're if they're changing much of the combat because I've talked about this before. I just do not connect with God of War's combat. I don't know what it is. The only one I've ever enjoyed is freaking chains of olympus on the psp whatever that control scheme was worked for me um was a fan of the like the puzzle elements like it re- i was talking to my brother actually it was like it really reminds me of a modern tomb raider game the way you're exploring those areas i enjoyed it I ne- but i never completed it because i wasn't really motivated with the combat i'm gonna give it a go before this comes out um ragnarok because you know it's like one of the biggest game releases not of this year but like ever um Damn, i, people- I wish i'd had your uh hype levels maybe she would have been alive <laughs> that's the last start joke i promise yeah we're gonna, cut you. we're gonna cut you off <laughs> it's my grandma i can do whatever i want <laughs> you don't own me um what yeah, first, so one I- time my parents listen to the podcast and they'll be like what <laughs> the hell is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm cutting myself off. I won't even knock on wood. I am excited. In terms of gameplay, the axe in that last game felt super satisfying to throw that and catch that again. With the haptic feedback on this new PS5 controller, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how they mm-hmm. you know, enhance that even more. I think that will feel super tactile and satisfying when you're playing it. Uh, I can't wait for the 3D audio. I just can't wait. The interesting thing about this is that the same person who did the combat design for God of War did it for Thor in the Avengers or the Avengers game, and Thor's my favorite character. So I have no idea why I really enjoy that, like throwing (laughs) Mjolnir, but when God of War, I was like, just doesn't work for me. Wow, that's that's a hot take. (laughs) It's the the same guy that he designed the combat. I just it is as hot as the weather allegedly is in your place we're not lying to you (laughs) it's warm here you're you're 38 degrees that's like freezing for us (laughs) i know it's it's a joke i said no jokes about my grandma i did not say international jokes are off table (laughs) noah are you gonna get a playstation 5 i am not (laughs) moving on (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anything else about God of War, Ragnarok? I'm just... Ah, my... I'll come to PC eventually, so whatever. Yeah. Well, well, there is a question of, of yours I want to address, Mark. You've been bringing up, whenever this comes up, you ask, uh, could this potentially pass uh, Elden Ring for Game of mm-hmm. the Year? Right, so... So I guess if it's coming that November, it, you have to say, well, it, it'll be fresh in people's minds. It'll be very recent, so, so Elden Ring, uh, 
well, assuming it's good, let's say it, it does rival Elden Ring. So Elden Ring, I, I'm just saying they probably need a DLC to come out around that time just to keep it in people's minds. I mean, if you want to look at the voters' perspective, and granted, that's very hard because very general, or at least let's just look from my perspective. From that late February to like whenever, maybe it's still now, that Elden Ring hype slash like everyone talking about it. Everyone talked about it. And then they're like, hey, did you know Kirby swallowed a car? And then they went back to Elden Ring. I feel like that was just like such a groundbreaking game. And there's also the expectations of like God of War 2018 was so received well. It won so many game of the years. It's going to be, it has to be even better. So is there going to be any controversy? Is it going to be good? We don't know yet, but I'm super excited to talk about it when we get to our end of the year, game of the year podcast. I feel like Callisto Protocol is a dark horse. Can you imagine that swooped in at the last minute and just took game of the year? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't see I, it. But yeah, it'd be I think it could be really good, but I really do think it is going to be good. But I think it's that horror genre's niche to get yeah. game of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at like the Game Awards, is that too late? Yeah. I feel like that's too late. Yeah, December's also super late. Yeah, I don't know if that would qualify. Actually, I wasn't sure what what the cutoff was. Mm. But not for us. Yeah, personally as well. I think Elden Ring. You're right, Mark. Like it, it's already been groundbreaking. We know it. Like did new things in games. Like new, new for open world. So incredibly well received. God of War does have that hill to go up now. Or it's like, well, it's it's the sequel to the incredibly received game. Like, mm-hmm. or is it going to be as groundbreaking as Elden Ring was? But again, totally different genres. Um, but and also, Elden Ring has a bigger player player base just because. It's been out longer, and it's on more consoles. I would also throw out, though, that if you're talking about niche games being less likely, God of War is more mainstream than Elden Ring. I'd say Elden Ring is more niche than God of War. No, not with the sales. Have you not seen? Uh, We probably could have put it in our news thing. It's the highest uh, soul game in in America so far in 2022. I think it it has been the Souls game that has just broken into the mainstream. I I do think there's been a bit of a half. I do think it's been about a happy accident, though, with so many other games being delayed and not coming out. Like, I think yeah. in a busier year, it probably wouldn't have done, you know, those kind of numbers. It's probably making a difference. I'm just not I mean, so fun. Fair point. If you yeah. want to talk about, like, Sekiro, like, I feel like before that, like, Souls genre is popular, but it, like, it's part of the It was definitely niche. As, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, as much as horror games. Like, about it, yeah. But it's like, all those tens, all the like the sales, like broke, Bloodborne like, did well as well. That that did do quite mm, good numbers, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Uh, like, of course it did, but it was only on one console. Mm-hmm. So playing more of that. Uh, wow, to think I dismissed Noah and he's bringing up a question. That's <laughs> uh, uh, all good. I just thought we should, we should address it. <laughs> no, yeah, good good question, Noah. It'll be an interesting yeah. for the end of the year. Maybe I will really like God of War Ragnarok. You know what's not coming at the end of the year? Forspoken. Eight <laughs> out of ten transition. <laughs> so just shortly, a couple hours after got a war announcement, Forspoken Twitter released a message, quote, as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, 
we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete, and development is in its final publishing phase. We would like to thank you for the uh, basically yada 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 yada. It's a paragraph that was too easy to read. Now, it's not. Do you agree with this, or are you happy or not? Do you think with God of War coming out this year, PlayStation's like, hey, can you push this back for us? Noah, as a person on the outside, what do you think? Uh, are these both, are they Sony-owned studios? They're both Sony first-party games. Yeah, exclusives, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I, I'm gonna say maybe because it's not like it's a huge pushback. Yeah, it's like just the right amount of time. Daniel. I think I think it's more likely that who who developed for spoken which studio is that again? Luminous Productions. He so, I, so Square I, Square Enix are publishing it. They're Square yeah. Enix. I think it's more likely that Luminous were given the heads up about the God Award date before we found out, and they made that decision to push their game back because of that. I think that's more likely than the other way around. I don't think, I don't think Sony would think that Forspoken is going to take away for God Award. I think out of the two, God Award would smother Forspoken. I think it's more likely the other way around. I think Forspoken have found out because of an internal sort of developer and whatever, and you know, it's first part of studio first party game they're working on um i reckon they've probably heard through the grapevine that god of war's coming out in 2022 and went oh well we better you know save save some financial embarrassment and drop it in 2023 i think that's more likely yeah like the official quote this is the most interesting thing about the blade like i'm bummed that it's coming out january now i was actually really looking forward to forespoken it seemed like a really cool game but it's as a result of ongoing discussions with key part with key partners they didn't say it was sony it could be square enix square enix could have been like oh shit uh god of war is coming out let's not do yeah. it and then their, their full quote was like what was it uh, the all game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase that doesn't mean it's done <laughs> you know it just means mm -hmm. i got the right. general like this is the yeah. game we won and now yeah. we're making that game you know games yeah. don't come together until like the last little bit of the development yeah, cycle so. uh, sounds like they, they entered qa is what they're saying yeah yeah um and then like polishing making like the graphics better and all the stuff we don't know what they really do there game development's a mystery sometimes but yeah i think i, I but it's all just like speculation like what happened here but it seems pretty suspicious it was around the god of war not time. I, I don't see it as a negative though like whether it is a genuine mm. reason for development reasons or it was to do with the god of war thing regardless it'll give them more time to you know yeah make it tighter work out more bugs i'm fine with that do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm finding them taking more time um, to get it in sort of the best shape possible. Whether, okay, exactly. that might be a knock-on effect to the God of War thing, but see if it is, it's a happy accident. Do you know what I mean? It'll give them a few more, few more months just to make it as polished as possible. So I'll take it. Or just, uh, is it another month? Is it delayed for December to January? Is that right? Or uh, October, October to January? October to January, yes. Yeah, so three yeah. months. I mean, it's, not, it's not a great deal of time. It's only, what, mm. four months? It's, I can live mm. with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, be transparent, I'm a lot more excited for God of War, Ragnarok, even though I'm super excited for Forspoken. With the opportunity, mm -hmm. like, all right, we don't have, like, back-to-back -back games, like, in the span of weeks, January, 
is not too far off from October, January. I feel like with video games, like if a movie comes out in January, doesn't do good. But mm-hmm. as you saw with Pokemon Legends, that did pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And I feel dying like more... I remember that came out at the start of the year, the first Dying Light game, and that done crazy well because of that. Dead. It came out in a dead yeah. zone, and it was a solid game, and it did good numbers because of it. So that, and I feel like, I mean, statistically, mm-hmm. more people have PlayStation Fives. I don't know if mm-hmm. it comes out on also PlayStation Four, but if it doesn't, also good reason. I don't believe you told my for spoken. Yeah, just PlayStation 5 and then Windows. Oh, Windows, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh. Although maybe that's like, we are going to develop it in Windows later. Uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anything else? Um, Just the Q4 and Q1 2023 are looking to be pretty stacked. If it's not yeah. coming out in Q4, it's delayed to Q1 2023, and it's, I think that's just going to be... Like, we're all talking about, oh, there's no games, but not all these games keep on getting announced. Like, God of War. Yeah. Pokemon's like a week after God of War. Um, that's going to be pretty crazy. There's the Call of Duty game coming out. Um, there's Callisto Protocol coming out. And then Dead Space Remake coming out in January Q1. And then uh, Starfield's got delayed too. They didn't They didn't say Q1, did they? 2023? Uh, they said first no. half. First half. So it could, maybe. <laughs> but probably won't. But, like, that's going to be... That's quite... Uh, the amount of AAA games to play yeah. during yeah. the end yeah. of this year. 2023 is huge. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a huge yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lots of talk for the game of the year. Mm-hmm. Although Mario we said that last year rabbits. about 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sparse of Hope? Just me? Okay, just me. <laughs> no, that's well, a good point. On. No, Switch has had a really good year as well. Like, if you're into their... Say they're a bit more niche as well. Uh, if you're into like Xenoblade Chronicles, Bayonetta, uh, Mario Rabbids, um, Pokemon, like this Kirby. has been a Kirby. Or is that, wait, you're talking really about like the whole year. Nintendo year? Yeah, like the whole Nintendo year for things releasing on Switch. It's been really solid. And like steady releases as well. Yeah. Hmm. No Breath of the Wild 2, said one person on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> One hundred thousand. <laughs> Again, I didn't know if the math was wrong in you know where you guys live or something. Oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, one hundred thousand <laughs> people here is a million over there. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. That's school. Try the <laughs> <laughs> teach me. I didn't really pay attention. I, I don't know if that's going to backfire at any point, but oh well. <laughs> Moving on. So. Last week in our little PlayStation stories, PlayStation Stars got announced. It is their new loyalty program. So both non-PlayStation Plus members and PlayStation Plus members have access to it. Basically, you earn points on purchases you made from the store if you're a Plus subscriber. But if you just own a PlayStation, no Plus. You just earn rewards by doing little activities. It's a little similar to Microsoft. But I want to read this one quote from uh, Grace Chen from PlayStation when she was talking to Washington Post. Quote, it's definitely not NFTs. Definitely not. You can't trade them or sell them. It's not referencing blockchain technologies and definitely not NFTs. So, guys, is this an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's like, hey, Mark, is your place uh, messy behind you? And it's like, no, no, it is definitely not messy. It is clean. It is proper. Definitely not messy. <laughs> like, very, like, a lot of mentions of the NFTs. I'm glad that she yeah. like denied it, it three did. times though. She was like, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's a good indication that PlayStation aren't going to do it. Um, because if uh, Betty Boop, this is not a joke. Betty Boop oh, is now getting into NFTs and there goes my crush of Betty Boop. <laughs> yeah, there's, one, there's Boop. one good thing that came out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? At least Marco stopped, stopped drawing the fan art. <laughs> <laughs> any listeners are gonna ship me betty boop marky boop marky boop marky oh god we would be adorable <laughs> and luckily for any listeners out there i won't do my betty boop impression because a i don't think i do a good one and b it would scare me and you <laughs> You know what's not scary? PlayStation Stars. Or is it? Jessica, what's your thoughts? Love it. I <laughs> I have an Xbox. <laughs> I have a Microsoft account. I do Microsoft Rewards pretty much every day. It pays for my Game Pass. I think I've paid for Game Pass once. Every other time it's been redeeming these points to get it. Uh, the Ultimate version. It sounds like it. Only you get those, you know, those digital collectibles that are definitely not NFTs. Um it sounds really hard to try and get some of them though. Like you need to be the first person in your time zone to platinum a game. Like no way yeah. am I ever gonna actively try and get that. But just like logging in a month and earning, they think they call them campaigns, um, like your tasks you get on Microsoft Rewards sounds really cool. I'm fine with it. Like if it's just gonna be stuff you're gonna do anyway, and you get money off your PlayStation games, fine. Um, I'll just yeah. log into the PlayStation every day and do that like I do with my Xbox. Do you use Microsoft Rewards, Noah? Uh, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know, but I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> I, I think I get messages about that on my Xbox. So uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those like things on Xbox that like kind of just goes under the radar. You, you really should just log in. Like you literally click a couple of things, you build up enough points and then you can get, um, go over here. You can get like Tesco vouchers, Cafe Nero cars. Wow. Like it's not just uh, money yeah. off your place to your Xbox stuff. You, you get Xbox store credit. You can get right. game pass, game pass PC and all like, yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I'm I looking get to at their... this now. Uh, Noah, you can earn a lot of stuff from Microsoft, including wow. Hershey bar vouchers. Oh, never mind. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I get to there like through my account. Mm -hmm. All you need is you don't even need an Xbox. You just need a Microsoft account, and then you redeem it. You get a code. You put it in. So I'm I'm happy the PlayStation's doing this too. I would have preferred to be like Xbox, where it was like you only need a Sony account and you could do it. But if it's on PlayStation. You've got PS4, PS5. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'll check that out. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, uh, this is your chance. I know you mentioned on the podcast before you didn't really. Uh, I mean, you got Game Pass back for a little bit. You didn't. If Jessica can do it, you can do it. it yeah, just play to earn to earn my Game Pass. <laughs> okay. You got to play to win. That's what the gaming industry is trying to tell us. <laughs> right? Oh, it's yeah. pay to win. Oh, that's not as good. <laughs> Daniel, are you uh, interested in this program? 
free stuff never hurts. Um, I do think no, it's just it's about damn time. Like I hate to sound cynical, mm. but they've been talking about they've been talking about this for years at this point. Um, I know that it's not easy to implement something like this at all times, but I mean, yeah, Xbox have been doing it for a long time. Places you've been talking about it for at least two years. It's like yeah, about time, guys. But do you know what? It's free. It's free stuff. Um, if it gets his money off, it gets his money off subscriptions and PS Plus, etc. Then, yeah, it can only be a positive thing, I guess. I do think that some of the things are a wee bit arbitrary and a bit, you know, overcomplicated. It sounds like, but they can change that as they go. You know, if it, if it becomes, if people are moaning on Twitter that it's too difficult to build up any real points, then they'll make it easier, and vice versa. If it's too easy, they'll make it, you know, a bit a bit stricter. It's they they can adapt as they go. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Very random. Uh, I started playing Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. And I had to wonder to myself, is it mean like Crash Bandicoot 4, long awaited sequel, it's about time? Or is it like they're telling us the premise, like it's about time? It's, oh. it's a double entendre. Yeah. yeah. A double entendre. <laughs> but what, what does Toys for Bob really mean? <laughs> oh, no, this isn't going to be like, what is winter? <laughs> what is winter? What is next winter? What is this winter? What is life? Oh what God! No, I'm sorry. Baby I'm sorry. I meant- <laughs> you've opened the can. You've unzipped him. Crap! You've oh unzipped him. We need to move on before my brain breaks. <laughs> I will say, just closing thoughts. This is why I think it's an example of why it's awesome to have both Sony and Microsoft competing with each other in the console thing because. Sony's not doing this if Microsoft hadn't have done it, you know? Yep. Uh, and yep. vice versa, the way like like uh Microsoft are like quizzing people on do you want haptic feedback in Xbox controllers? Like they're like learning, trying to improve, trying to be the best. And that that's what I like about like this. So stop your console warring, you weirdos. Yeah, we all yeah. know Nintendo's the winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I've got PlayStation, but I've also got a split switch. I've got an Xbox, screw PlayStation, but I've also got a switch. So I'm gonna turn this over to Dano because he wrote a great article on kinggamer.com, kinggamer.com about Skate 4 will be free to play. Daniel, please tell me what's up. So I don't know if you guys are Skate fans, but the first two games were fun. Um, they were arcadey, dumb, physics-based skate games. They were they sort of took over from the Tony Hawk series when the Tony Hawk series started to get a bit meh. Skate started getting quite exciting, quite interesting. It is one of the last, I would say it's one of the last franchises, EA-based franchises, that still has goodwill behind it. People have been asking for Skate 4 for years. They've been wanting a sequel to Skate 3 because Skate 3 came out on PS3, so it must be about 10 years old at this point, if not more. Um, you know, People have been wanting this for, for years at this point. You know, every E3 comes around, we'll hear about Skate 3, Skate 4, sorry. Um, so eventually the team that are developing it, um, Full Circle, um, they're an EA studio, they put out a boardroom video, which is basically a developer diary saying, telling you what this new Skate game is going to be. However, it is unfortunately a free-to-play live service type model that they're following um it will simply be called skate it won't be skate 4 and it will just be an evolving online free-to-play 
most likely look box filled. Well, so in, in the video, like we were saying before about um, them stressing the NFT thing and the, the PlayStation Stars um, announcement blog post, in this video, the guy's like, this is not a pay to win game. Don't worry, this won't be pay to win. You know, he says, he reiterates that about 10 times. He's like, he be, without saying, I know that EA are scummy, but this one isn't scummy. That's, that's basically what he's saying. However, it since came out, um, to be fair, it's not official. This is on Steam, I think I've seen this. Um, that there will be some form of a loot box in the game. Um, hold on a second, I'll just bring up the comment. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cautious optimism from my point of view. And then I seen this and I was like, of course, it's EA. Of course, they're going to have loot boxes. Um, so EA skate, you know, hackers have discovered that loot boxes are available for purchase in-game using TAPS currency. Um, it appears that there will be a, a loot box mechanic in the game called Swag Bags, where players can purchase randomised building materials and clothing. It's not clear if the TAPS currency is exclusively earned in-game through completing challenges or is outright purchasable. Um, yeah, so it's mostly it's EA, so of course it's going to be purchasable. Um, it sounds like, there's, to me, it sounds like the Star Wars Battlefront 2 thing all over again with the, the loot boxes. Um, I hope not, because that was a shambles. I, I just think it's like EA have just the one sort of golden piece of content they've still got with the skate games. They're just turning it into a paid, well, not paid, but a free to play live service type game where you, you know, you have to purchase skins and you have to. It's just, it's not what we wanted. It feels like any goodwill that's behind this has just been, I don't know. I just, I don't want to hear the words free to play. You know, live service. I just, I hate those phrases. And the fact that they've put it in a skate game just seems so soulless. Were cosmetics a big part of skate? Like, because to me, like, I never played them. I played some Tony Hawks. I never got onto the skate train. Um, was was it a big thing? I thought it was more the gameplay. Uh, yeah, it was, to be honest. It was, to be honest, that, that's what I was, I was saying on some other podcast earlier. Um, what they could have done with this, what I would have done if I was in charge of this project, you don't even need to make a game. Just do super mario maker just give us the physics mm. like you're saying jess the best thing about the skate games was the goofy physics so give us a physics engine give us you know an environment designer something that we can go in and make our own map our own ramps and our own rails to grind and things like that give us you know a customizable character thing you know you can maybe change your clothes and your skateboard or whatever and then just let people make their own maps and post them you know in the style of super mario maker you don't even need to make a game just give us an engine you know an engine with these physics and with this this sort of environment builder and let people go for it and i genuinely think that would that would be way better than whatever it is they're doing here in my opinion but hey it's early doors it's like pre 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 alpha um was what mm-hmm. it was actual phase as in the video um if you want to say up sign up to the play test so it might be too soon to say all this but I just I, that phrase. I just I hate hearing that, and I hate especially when it comes to a company like EA. It just immediately yeah. gives me the worst connotations. But hopefully, I'll be proven wrong. Hopefully, this will be a you know a solid game for the fans. Like the, the guy in the video was quite panish, passionately saying, you know, we're making this for skate fans, and it will still be the skate game you know and love. You know, will it though? We'll see. I don't know. I agree. Like loot boxes, I hate. Now swag bags, that's different. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very much EA doing the whole. How do you do, fellow kids? Would you like some swag bags? <laughs> right? it's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But me also another... being Steve Buscemi, being like, "Yes, fellow kid, I would like a swag bag." Swag bag, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there's a not. I will never advocate for loot boxes. Just don't put them in the game. Just don't. Yeah. Like it's fine. Just let. 
somebody buy a cosmetic. Like Fortnite's the biggest game in the world. Doesn't have loot boxes. Thrives off its cosmetics. Even not the collaborations. Like just their own cosmetics. They make so much goddamn money off it. There is an okay way to do it if you're going to put it in. Like mm, from my experience playing Genshin Impact, you do not need to spend one single penny on any of the wishes you make on the banners for the characters because you can earn those premium gems just playing the game there's so many side stories there's so many chests there's so many ways to earn premium gems and save them up and they're constantly adding new content to give you more of that i wish it wasn't there i wish there was a better way to not like give people the option to pay for it yeah. and, like, they earn so much but you can like i've only spent like 10 pounds in the whole game and that was totally optional because i like the look of a character didn't even need them um so there is an okay way you can do it and they also have like a pity system where if you wish this amount you'll get the character if you get that right it can be okay but again dan it's never like yeah this is gonna have loot boxes and it's a live service game let's go i just i just think it's not very like self-aware of them like they know the, mm. the guys developing this game must know the reputation ea has like no one in the gaming industry yeah. doesn't have a grasp of that right so why would you do a developer video and even well okay they didn't mention the loot box in the developer video which might make it worse actually because then it seems less transparent but yeah. why would you even put loot boxes in this thing like even if it is just you earn all the points in game i wouldn't even you know i wouldn't even touch that because you're ea like you don't have that you've got this already horrible reputation with loot boxes and with grindy you know let's let's face facts if there's loot boxes in the game there's going to be the option of hey you can pay a fiver and you know yeah. buy this loot box or you can earn 10 million points and you maybe earn five points per game do you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's going to be the system if, if if the loot boxes are indeed in the game i should stress this is just a steam board rumor so it might be absolute nonsense but um yeah if that's the case and that that's what they'll do um and that's the part that I'm, that's the thing that i'm scared of you know it's like it says it's cautious optimi optimism but we've just been burnt by a so many times in the past that it's like this is the one franchise you've still got goodwill behind why yeah. are you ruining it for the sake of making a buck it just seems so typically ea yeah it was like literally a meme like when skate coming every time anything with ea happened yeah like, and it's like a monkey paws witch like you've got skate <laughs> but it's a live service game yeah i don't know we'll see what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I love Mark's dramatic delivery. <laughs> uh, Jessica, when you edit this podcast, I don't know if we have the rights to this song, but can you also play What Have I Done by uh, Linkin Park? Oh, I'll check and see if we have the rights to that song yet. It should be just, you know, kicking so about in the back get. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, uh, Cape Town Races <laughs> and <laughs> Lincoln Park, their whole discography. Okay, I'm on it. Write that down. Thank you. <laughs> Noah, you skate, bro? Uh, uh, I don't, but it, I know yeah, the bro. song you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know that song. Yeah. Transformers. <laughs> really? No one's ever said, yeah, Transformers. <laughs> yeah, Transformers, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's move on because I'm like, oh, oh, shoot. We we also have a main topic. Hmm. Best gaming sequels. Okay, Jessica, can you insert an applause clap for that? 
I can't do that. I can't Wait. do that. I, yeah. I prefer the definite silence. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot in my life, Daniel. I don't want this recorded. Like, all right, who's excited that I'm coming up? Like that. <laughs> but it's funny how we, uh, I mentioned movie, uh, like movies and you know, the whole concept of a sequel is very terrifying and it is for gaming, but I feel like gaming, we want sequels. Mm-hmm. And looking at the list, there's just so many gaming sequels. I feel like maybe, maybe Dan and I will have some overlap. Who knows? But Noah, let's start with you. What is one of your best gaming sequels? All right. Well, I'm going to go with Halos 2 and 3. So yeah, I wasn't sure which one nice. to pick. I was I was leaning more on Halo 2 because the, the main thing that I want to talk about is the follow-up from Halo Combat Evolved, the, the original Halo game. So, of course, that game was, was a huge smashing hit back, back in the early 2000s when... You know, when people still knew what Linkin Park was. <laughs> yeah, so, you son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so that that was a huge hit. And and you're like, so how, how does this get followed up? So with Halo 2, it, it was great. I'd say that's probably my favorite Halo campaign. And it got more interesting. You had, you know, you got a bit of an insider's look at the Covenant. Saw this... Did this great, this fantastic scene early on with this uh, this parallel between Master Chief and the Arbiter, where like they're they're the same thing for either side, but the Arbiter's being being uh, like like a, a shame, like they're pushing shame upon him. It was yeah, it was like oh god, this is awful, and it's just because he lost. Like that that's the reality of war, and they, they don't care. They don't care that, that you tried or that you're a great soldier, a great commander, and they care, did you win? <laughs> so, yeah, so Master Chief's being given this medal. The Arbiter is being uh, branded with that, uh, like, you, shame, the, the shame on you, you lost thing. And and it was interesting. You got to play as the Arbiter. That that was fun. A lot of really fun, like, like driving the tank, like the tank level in Halo 2. That's that's fantastic campaign level. Yeah, so it was it was fun. It added a lot to your to the story, to your enjoyment, and and it was really a great sequel. Does he show his face? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about the third one? You mentioned the third one. Uh, does like he also face? show his face in that? No, you you never show his face. So yeah, the first. <laughs> Third one that is great as well. I really, I really like that campaign. But I'd say Halo Two, like the jump from Halo One, is it like kind of deserves mm-hmm. the bigger praise. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome, Daniel. What's one of your best mm-hmm. gaming sequels? So, my top three games of all time. Only one of them is a sequel. Um, the other two are Metal Gear Solid and The Last of Us. And third place as Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2 okay. Among Thieves as... Uh, when you talk about Uncharted and you talk about the incredible set pieces that makes that game what it is, I always think Uncharted 2. Like, a lot of folk think Uncharted 3 with the plane sequence and the, the, the ferry when that, you know, explodes and you're running out this cruise ship and it's all... The great sequences, but that train scene in Uncharted 2, I remember seeing the trailer for that, thinking, what an incredible set 
piece, you know, to play, be able to play through that. And then when you played it, it wasn't disappointing, you know, still, it wasn't like quick time events, you know, it still felt interactive, it still felt like you were a part of the what was going on, it felt super cinematic. I loved the fact that they opened that game with that sequence and then show you how Drake got to that part about halfway through the game and then continues for there. Um, just super, super clever storytelling. Um, I think it's Amy Hennig's best work as as a writer and director. Um, yeah, Uncharted 2 is a masterpiece. It expanded on the charm of the first game. It, it sort of improved on the controls. Some people still don't like shooting Uncharted. It's still not amazing, but it's better than the first game. Uh, the acting's better. The writing's better. Um, again, people don't love the last part of that game where it becomes a bit supernatural, but I do. I actually enjoy that final boss fight. And yes, Uncharted 2 is just one of my favourites. I love that game. So definitely one of the best sequels I've ever played. It introduced Chloe. She's one of my favorites that in Uncharted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that, I know that the movies are kind of doing it in order, you know, telling the story of Nathan Drake, um, mm. kind of, you know, what we learned in Uncharted 4 about his brother, etc. But I always kind of liked how Uncharted left. I mean, obviously, they wrote it as they went, which is why it is the way it is. But I quite like the way they kind of retroactively gave you all these characters from Drake's past, like Chloe and like Sam later on. It fleshes out the character. You know, it's like, oh, in the first game, he's this kind of charming, handsome Indiana Jones type with a kind of sense of humour. But, oh, here he's got this, you know, past kind of complicated relationship with this woman. And then later on, he's got, oh, he's got a brother we never knew about, you know, and it just adds depth and kind of, it's a good way of doing it retroactively. It never felt, because the writing was, was well was well done it never felt forced you know it never felt like convenient or you know it, it felt natural it felt real and it helped to make him feel like a, a real kind of character and i think it also helps playstation in that era you know whether exclusives yeah have a great you know selling point of a game i think i'm yeah. among not at all really one, i would recommend to anyone at the time yeah they held they held playstation 3 on their back like i was an xbox primarily player back then and it was uncharted 2 totally agree i was thinking about putting this on my list Uncharted 2 and um, Last of Us, like they were like, you need to buy a PlayStation 3 for these games. Um, yeah. yeah, incredible. I yeah, agree about the movie as well. I would have loved to see Nathan Drake, older, first game, start there and then introduce Chloe mm -hmm. and everything as you go on. Yeah. Is that the most thing that you want to see out of that movie, Jessica? <laughs> or was it the Rotten Tomato <laughs> score? It was an okay movie, okay? Yeah, but <laughs> it was a box office success. I'll give it yeah. that. It was actually just, it's okay. Once again, I would have, I would have got an accurate prediction if I'd went for audience reaction on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> not critical. And it, how I always say, you would have made a thousand spam accounts, like <laughs> yes. five stars, five stars, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. Like I need to win this meaningless competition, please. <laughs> it's not meaningless. It's King Gamer. <laughs> <laughs> KingGamer.com. Oh, Jessica, what's your okay. best gaming sequel? I actually struggled with this quite a lot because there's like three and I know we're only putting two. Um, but I will go with The Witcher 3. Um, oh, I have never... Pick. It is an incredible game. I don't think I need to explain <laughs> The Witcher 3 to anybody. You know, it's it was one of those ones that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I was not going to play it because I had not completed the Witcher one. I tried playing the first Witcher for so long on uh, my PC. It just, it didn't, I, I thought it was cool that you had Witchers and the monsters and Geralt lost his memory and all that. I, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I tried so many times to play it. Never played the second one when it came out on Xbox and PlayStation PC. I just, it didn't even register that it came out. Um, 
everyone was getting pretty excited over the third one during like E3 when they revealed like you could jump and stuff. <laughs> People were just like Elden Ring losing their minds. Um, but I, I held off on playing it for so long because I was like, I haven't played the first two. Like, how am I like, I, I won't get it. I won't like it. I want to play the first two first. Um, but I worked in uh, a company over here called CEX. It's like it's like a game, GameStop, where you trade in your games and all. And it the covers stared at me for six months. <laughs> it was like in our recommended games. And it finally went down to a price that was like, well, 15 quid. I was like, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, and it was just one of the best RPGs I've ever played in my entire life. Like, Geralt is such an incredible main character. Um, He's got a whole cast of side characters who are incredible, even though I didn't know the history with Triss or anything. And Yennefer, I'd never read the books at that point. Um, you've got, I know not, not a lot of people like Dandelion. I thought he was fine. I liked it. All the different cities you go to. Like, it was kind of like, I love Dragon Age, but it was kind of like a better Dragon Age, the way they'd implemented those cities. Um, and the the variety in combat you can get in it. Like, you, I never touched the potions or concoctions or whatever they were called i can't remember um at all like i put it into like light armor gear and like specked my girl around that um i talked to my brother and he like only did potions like he only took them with the negative side effects you get and the, the plus you get it the the variety you can give girl like you can kind of shape girl to be like what how you want to play in which is, i really like that over like a default character like in dragon age and i really like that in mass effect as well you could make your shepherd the way you wanted to it's it's obviously not got the uh, paragon renegade stuff that that have but i think he's a great character it was such a good idea to have like a central rpg character who isn't just like built by you i think it's more personal that way he was he was able to be more involved in the stories some of the greatest stories i've played in like a fantasy game like the bloody baron storyline um the whole stuff of siri i think siri's an amazing character as well uh I could pick it up at any point and play it. It's just unfortunate that it's so goddamn massive that I never complete it when I pick it up and play it. Uh, yeah, love The Witcher 3. Are you going to get the uh, next-gen upgrade? Or uh, it's Yep, paid. it's free, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That is why every once in a while I'm like, maybe I'll pick it up. I'm like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Have fun with your frame rate. I'll be with my Switch portable. <laughs> Yeah. My 40p, like, ooh, yeah, a pixel again. They got it on the switch, not Clyde. That's incredible, and it runs pretty good. That is that's the unbelievable part. <laughs> yeah. Witcher 2, no, first Witcher, no, Witcher 3, hey, <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, one of my best gaming sequels at number two. Daniel, I really hope you don't have it. Batman Arkham City. I don't. Woo! I thought you were going to say do. <laughs> Give me a little heart attack. But Batman Arkham Asylum, great game. Like, And it's not really like... With a game like best sequel, doesn't automatically mean like the first game is bad or just okay. Like, I think that says a lot when your first great game is great. And then the second one is just, like, so much better that you didn't even think it would be like that before. Of course, first game, you're exploring Arkham City. But the whole area of, I mean, Arkham Asylum, this one with Arkham City and the whole storyline. And, of course, the great Paul Dini had a big part of it, wrote it. I don't know of who else, but see a lot of his 
thumbprints on it. I think it's one of the best Batman stories in all of media, and that includes comics. Hate me. You already do. But, and then the gameplay, just exploring the city, the side activities with either Bane or Hush or Zaz. So good. And of course, the acting, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. I think it's probably Mark Hamill's best performance as a Joker. Yeah. And even though, like, the cosmetics, like, eventually they released it as, like, free skins, but, like, playing as the costumes, Batman the Animated Series, amazing. Yeah. They somehow took, like, a fantastic game and made it even better. Because I know, like, sometimes the transition to, like, I don't know what you call Arkham Asylum, but it was more like a hub world. Like, you go in this wing, and you can still that explore that. That was a Metroidvania. Yeah. 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 But this one, like, the transition to open world works perfectly. And, like, hey, why is there uh, goons around here, like, fighting random people? It's like, well, that's the prisoners. This is a prison city. Again, Prison City doesn't have a good reign. Arkham City. (laughs) But what a great game. Yeah. Now moving on. I've always preferred Arkham Asylum, but I do love City. I do love City. But for me, Asylum just got the edge. I I love Arkham City. So good. Noah, what's your best gaming sequel? So my best gaming sequel that believe it or not, is going to be a Bethesda title. Who could have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. If you can guess, if, if before I say it, try everyone try to guess which one it is. Oh, see the Skyrim or Fallout 3, right? It has uh, Fallout 76. <laughs> Wait, I'm saying, I'll say Fallout 3. Right. Skyrim. No, it's Fallout 4. Or Fallout 3, oh. New uh, Fallout 3, New Vegas. Well, that uh-huh. is the best Fallout game. So. Mm. <laughs> right, Mark, you are wrong. Dan, you are right. <laughs> Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I said Fallout 3. So Yeah. Yeah, so I decided on Fallout 3 because, because it was Bethesda's first Fallout game. Not only was this a transition from Fallout, Fallout's 1 and 2 to to Fallout 3, it was a transition between developers making a huge, huge leap from from being really a classic PC game to being to being a triple-A three-dimensional game on a console. So yeah, so for some history that that some some non-Bethesda super fans may, may not know. So so at at Black Isle, after Fallout 2, there was a Fallout game in development. So Supposedly, it it was going to take the player to, I guess, further east into Nevada and, and perhaps into Colorado as well. So, it yeah. So this would have been the the third canon Fallout game. This would have been Fallout Three had it hit the stores. But what well, during its development, of course, the interplay goes under, and Black Isle, if, if as a result, also it also is ceasing to exist. Assets are liquidated and. And Bethesda ends up with the rights to Fallout. So, so at this point, I don't believe they had started production on what on their Fallout game, but they had started paperwork on getting getting a spinoff for Fallout. 
So, so Bethesda's Fallout spinoff ends up being the third canon Fallout game, ends up as Fallout 3, and and it's terrific. But like like we've said before, like I, I feel like it's the simplicity that people tend to like about that one. It's easy to just hop in and play again. You don't have to think about things. You just have this this way you like doing things, that the choices are simple, you, you remember what's what. And and you can max your character pretty easily. I'm I'm really pretty good with that with that character progression system. I can do it in within a week. Pretty good. Yeah. I also yeah, love the stories me. in Fallout Three. I think that yeah. was yeah, the, yeah, plot, like, the, yeah. The, the stories and the side missions, etc. were mm -hmm. the best out of any Fallout game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, side content is yeah, absolutely terrific. And one of the first uh like games that was doing story dlc as well i remember on like the xbox 360 era um mm. really good as well i like i quite like them yeah the, those I, dlcs i would argue that fallout 3 is the last time that bethesda really moved the needle as a developer like let's look at their engine i think starfield will be the next time they do that but um you know you look at the creation engine and i just think from oblivion to fallout 3 it's such a step up that first time you walked out the vault and you saw that open world, like that is up there with some of the greatest gaming moments of all time. Um, it just that that kind of endless exploration, like okay, in hindsight, everything's a bit muddy and a bit grey looking, a bit muted brown colours. But at the time, it just felt like so much possibility and so much kind of so vast, but still worth exploring. You know, it wasn't vast and empty; it was barren but worth exploring, which was yeah, 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 exactly. What a game. Still mad I lost part of my drink. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a split moment decision by you, Mark. Wasn't it? Nope, it was planned the whole time. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> what is your best gaming sequel? Because I'm curious. You mentioned your top three games. One of them is your number two. Mm. Or maybe you're playing not by the rules. I don't know. Maybe Dan's doing a Jessica. <laughs> oh, I, oh I, did, I did. I did struggle with this one. There was a few vying for the top spot, but then I, I broke it down into my no. I broke it down into my top games. So you know, you know my top three games all time. Number four, Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. I think Metal Gear Solid Three. Technically, it's a prequel, but it's called Metal Gear Solid Three, so I'm going to count yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Metal Gear. What I love about the Metal Gear series. As, and following it as I was growing up, um, you know, before the internet, when it was just gaming magazines was the only kind of source of information you had. Um, going from Metal Gear Solid 1 to Metal Gear Solid 2 obviously was a huge, huge twist at the time um, to play as Raiden and do this whole almost like a VR mission because it was all a simulation and you're fighting the president of the United States at the end of the game with an eye patch and four <laughs> robot arms, you know, it just it's super insane out there. And then what do we where do we go for there? How do we make it even more kind of strange and unexpected? Let's go back to the sixties and tell the story of the guy that Solid Snake and Liquid Snake was were, were cloned from. Um this guy Big Boss, because the last time you seen him was in Metal Gear, and he was a total psychopath, terrorist, asshole wanting to destroy the world. Um, but how did he get like that? Because that is, you know, the, the secret to any great villain is making you see things from their perspective, or at least how they got to their perspective, you know, how they sort of came up with their philosophy and stuff. Metal Gear Solid 3 done that massively. Um, yeah, just a solid um, story. The 
the writing, the environment, the fact that they took you out of these kind of industrial complexes and put you in the jungle. Um, they implemented things like the camouflage in the game. You had this. For me, the Metal Gear Solid villains get worse as the series goes on. Like the best villains, the best kind of boss fights are that first game. Second game's pretty solid, and then the third game really was the last time for me that I was like, these boss fights are incredible. Um, sadly, in four and five, I never really felt that. But um, yeah, amazing bosses, just so ridiculous, but also so so passionate and so committed. Like it's so committed to this insane story. This guy that fires bees out of his hands, you know, <laughs> this guy that's like fireproof but is burnt to a crisp and just all this strange, weird Kojima stuff that just works. Um it works on a emotional level as well. You know, you've got this guy that's having to kill his old mentor who's like a mother figure to him. And she's this kind of awesome badass that he kind of got a lot of his personality from. So even though it's, it's, Metal Gear is all about legacy well it's about many things but legacy is one of the main themes and the person that really started that legacy was the boss you know everything kind of comes for her it's passed on to Big Boss it's then passed on to you know the sons of Big Boss and it goes on and on but um, yeah she's really the kind of square root of also being introduced to that character she was one of my favourite characters at the time and still um, in gaming I think I would like to she's one of those characters that they used her just the right amount you don't see too much of her but she's just sprinkled in at certain points and she adds a gravitas to the bizarre, the old man that, you know, if you put the clock forward, he dies, you know, the sniper at the end. Um, you know, you've got these bizarre moments, but you've got these super, like, emotional, kind of heartfelt moments as well. And it's, yeah, Metal Gear Solid is a masterpiece. Plus, Snake Eater. <laughs> also had a phenomenal James Bond uh, theme. That, that, was, that was the best part of it, in my opinion. You make up a great part um, of going, Kojima, like, committing to it. I think that's why he succeeds so much. He's not like, yeah. oh, no, I'm doing this weird thing. He's like, no, I'm doing this weird thing, and I'm going all in. And I'm doubles down. Doubles yeah. down. And that, Just that's like me. Yeah. It's like a... It's like a part of me with nuclear weapons. Like, that is one oh, of the best ways to describe yeah. Metal Gear. It, and it, it works. Yeah. And it, that's, okay. I think that's why I was listening to a podcast recently, actually, kind of funny. We're talking about where could the Metal Gear Solid franchise go in the future without Kojima. And I feel like that's why they're in such a hard position at the minute because mm. you don't have someone, there's no one like him, you know, in terms of somebody mm. to anchor this franchise and drive it forward. That's such a unique blend of comedy and serious, you know, world-ended elements like nuclear war and crazy kind of anime-inspired storylines and these kind of emotional family moments. Like, it's such a blend of everything that it's just, it's hard to hit that that tone on the head, which is also why I'm interested to see how this film's going to turn out that they're making with mm. Oscar Isaac. But, um, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid 3, what a game, man. And they should remake it. That's also one of those games. The Metal Gear Solid franchise in general deserves a at least a remaster, but to see it and be be made, you know, in like HD, there's a Konami at the minute are focused on these Pachenko machines, which is basically gambling machines in Japan. However, there are some cutscenes from those machines that I've seen, and it's like the boss and Big Boss and all these characters recreated in like full HD, and it looks gorgeous. So just just remake it, guys. Just give us a remake, please. If well, the rumors about <laughs> if the rumors about Silent Hill being like franchised out to other places where well, developers are true i hope that they would do it with metal gear as well and like you know just go to kojima productions just forget about that base <laughs> yeah. um i think it was was it this year or was it last year it was either the start of this year it was last year there was a big rumor going around that metal gear solid 3 was being remade um i can't remember if it came from a twitter leaker or something but mm. there was there was a lot of speculation um 
couple of months ago anyway. So hopefully it's true because it needs to be done. Awesome. Jessica, what's your best game in Seagull? Um, I struggled with this one. They're both Naughty Dog games, actually. Um, one's an old Naughty Dog game. One is a new Naughty Dog game. Crash Bandicoot 2. No. Um, okay. Although, looking at all my favorite gaming sequels, like, Naughty Dog are incredible at them. Like, they're so good. Like, their second game is almost always better than their first mm. game. Mm. Well, you see now, Dan, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Uh, this is... I was going to go... I'm going to just say right now, my honorable mention is Jack 2. Uh, okay. Jack, Jack 2 is just such a good game. I love it. Like, the gameplay yeah. elements of it are so solid. Like, Jack 1 was more like a... It really was kind of like um like a platformer like collectible type thing good game um just jack 2 was like you got this like hub open world area and amazing weapons it was like ratchet and clank but alternative bit of a weird story and maybe you don't like daxter and fine it, it's a bit weird and not what naughty dog does does today anyway it was more cartoony um i love it so much but my number one pick is going to be the last of us part two um which honestly i don't know like the full ramifications of why people really don't like this that much because i was offline for playing it a lot which which helped me um the reason why i was maybe not going to do this as my number one is because i really don't like the first half of the game which i think is the opposite of which i don't know i, I don't know what it is that that i just I wasn't connecting with Ellie. It, it, I wasn't interested in the story at all. I didn't really like the hub area with Dina in, in the beginning. It looked incredible. Um, the combat was so good. And I'm not a stealth fan. Like I, I've said this before, the first Last of Us, I throw stealth or I throw uh, smoke bombs and I hit people with a baseball bat. <laughs> that is, that's that's my, you couldn't really do it in this one. There was like the enemies were more smartly placed. Um thought that was fine it just wasn't clicking for me but I, I kept going I was doing it in like little bursts and then something happens in the middle of the game and you're playing as someone else and it was just like a breath of fresh air like I think I think that was people didn't like that maybe didn't like the character I thought it was incredible because it was what I wanted from the second part of the last of us game and it was not to be a Joel and Ellie story it was to be somebody else's story in the last of us world it just so happened mm -hmm. to be that this character story was very intrinsic in um Joel and Ellie's story in this game um I think it has such a cool boss fight when you're playing as um, as the second character. I could probably say it now. You're playing as Abby. She's called Abby. What? Such, such a cool, <laughs> such a cool boss fight. It's so good. I love it. It's kind of got like the horror elements like Last of Us has. Um, I love her relationship that she gains, kind of like a Joel Ellie relationship with somebody. Um, it goes on for a real long time at the end. Like I was like, is this game gonna end? But it felt like epic. Like you were watching some sort of like epic conclusion to it and no other game um has made me like stare at the screen going please don't make me do this twice before like i was like just don't make me do it don't make me physically do this i don't want to i i love the story but i don't like the first half of the game i just don't that's why i haven't replayed it yet even though it's got the patches with the ps5 patch i really want to i just don't want to do the first half but um i loved part two Maybe Dan can inform me of why it, maybe he doesn't uh, agree. So I wanted to like Last of Us Part 2 so much. Um, I was so hyped for it. And I just, 
I, I didn't. Um, it's such a shame because I love so many elements of it. The gameplay is some of the best gameplay I've ever experienced. The graphics are incredible. The presentation mm-hmm. in general is just absolutely astonishing. The performances are amazing. Out that knock it out of the park, incredible. I just cannot get on board with with Abby. Um, it was the is she what people don't like? Because honestly, it was so toxic around this. Like, not if you didn't like oh. it. It was. I I just did not pay attention. I was like, I don't want to know why people don't like it. Is she the reason? Well, I, I think like are we going for, can we go full spoilers here? Okay, f- we're going full spoilers. <laughs> okay, warning. So Noah, I think. Are you ready? Mute us. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Mute us. Yeah. yeah. I think the fact that she killed Joe had a big impact on the whole. The, the initial reaction of that that isn't the part i've got a problem with the part i've got a problem with is what we're saying before about um metal gear solid 3 being showing you how a villain comes to their their point of view their perspective if you introduce abby and you have her do something this significant as killing the main character for the last game you then need to justify that and go back and explain why i don't feel like they ever did that in an effective way um i feel like the she shoots what's the the asian guy calls it it's not owen because that's the guy that's with her jesse is it yeah i think it is jesse so she shoots jesse who again one of the few likable characters that they introduced in the second game she shoots him right in the face and then you immediately cut to a flashback where you play as her and i'm like i don't want to play as this character who just killed one of the most entertaining characters that they've introduced in this game and then for that point on you know you kind of you plod through and then it gets to as the boss fight you're talking about the fight with ellie no, that was one of the moments no. where I was like, do not make me kill Ellie. Like, I yeah, know I like just, you're in his, this game, but do not make me do it. I, I was trying to see if there was a way that you could just let Ellie kill you and just let that be the canon ending. But yeah, apparently I tried to, to do that too. Ellie. I, tried to I do was it like, too. can we not just kill Abby and move on? Like, <laughs> And then yeah. the fact that at the end of the game, you go back to Ellie and she doesn't even commit. She throws away her family for the sake of nothing. She doesn't even kill Abby and then she lets her go. I was like... Nah, it just it pissed me off. I do feel like I need to replay it because I was so invested in these characters and I just I feel like the game the writers of the game just done them dirty. Um I feel like Joe would have wouldn't have gave his name as quickly as he did when you know the lead, the lead up to his death. He just tells him, Oh, I'm Joe and this is Tommy, and this is where where our, where our camp is. And it's like this isn't the Joe for the first game that was cautious and careful. Do you know what I mean? This is anyway. Um I think that's why I like I, it though. It's like this is a little bit on and it is different. I think I, I like it for the reasons you don't like it, which which kind of makes sense. I, I feel guess. Like, like I need to go back and replay it because I played it at the game. I, I played it at the time, I had so much hate for it. I was like, this is going to be my game mm. of the year, hundred mm. percent. And it just didn't deliver. It felt like a betrayal of the characters that I knew for that first game. And I still kind of feel like that, but it's been a few years. So I'm wondering if I go back and play it now with a bit of distance, maybe I won't feel that as much. But yeah, just, no, I'm sorry. They try to make Ellie out to be the villain, you know, or revenge and, oh, she kills lots of dogs in this game. So it's okay that her her girlfriend and sort of get child gets taken away from her at the end and she's sad playing guitar with no fingers so I'm like nah I, I love the contrast they did though where you play as Ellie and you see like you are doing the bad things and then you jump to Abby and was like well yeah but you're doing the bad things here I think I loved what they were trying to say with that like revenge as well um if you're not down with that I can see why you you wouldn't like it and I really liked Abby so it just seems like a bit of a lazy... I feel like revenge is bad. It's just quite a lazy crux to base your whole story around. Fair, but they did do a whole campaign like, on it. Like, here's like... here's why revenge is bad. 
Yeah, I, just, I, I was a fan know. of it. Although that 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 whole sequence at the end where Ellie is going to find Abby, mm-hmm. I thought the game was over before that. Like uh, that dragged it out for me. Like I was like, oh my god, there's a whole other gameplay section here. <laughs> um, but it, it it felt appropriate at the end that they build it up so much. Hmm. I can't wait. I'm probably gonna buy the Last of Us remake. They got yeah. me. I know. Yeah, they, got, they got me too. Even though I complained about it. Oh yeah. Hey, I, yeah. hey, listen. I said before I complain, I will probably buy it. So Naughty Dog won. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to play part one and then immediately jump into part two. Mm. Mm. I didn't do that for part two when it came out, but I did. It was it was very good. A lot of sadness. Yeah. A lot of sadness. I'm like, can I be? too sad and it was just during the height of pandemic and it's like mm. in this post-apocalyptic world i'm like no also Thank last was last was part two nearly blew up my ps4 like <laughs> i didn't have a ps4 pro it was just the base model i've had since launch and man the fans on it were going crazy <laughs> my room was warmer than it is now <laughs> do you think the fans were reacting to like joel's dead <laughs> <laughs> That was Twitter. That was Twitter. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was Twitter integration right there. Yeah. Why would Sony develop that? <laughs> oh, but great discussion. And now I'm just like, yeah, you see, now I want to buy part one. They are incredible stories. They are incredible games. They are. And I can't mm-hmm. wait until HBO. Yeah. Which they say early 2023, so dope. Yeah, they didn't put a season in, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> when is winter? <laughs> when is winter? <laughs> Bef- All right. Fine. Let's move on to me. I got two things before I say my number one. Does Final Fantasy VII count? I was thinking this. Um, I'll allow it. Okay. Why would it not? <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that in the audible match. But my number is <laughs> I'm so my number one, it's not a surprise. I mentioned this game so often. Assassin's Creed 2. I that, was on my, that, was, that was one of my just it, just must for me. It is so so good. The first game yeah. is okay. It's good. It was a great launching point for the franchise, but everything just got an upgrade. The combat, fantastic. Well, at that time. But it still holds up, kind of. But anyway, it's fantastic. Ezio, one of the best protagonists of all time. The open world of Renaissance Italy. But, you know, this incredible cast of characters. Leonardo, I almost said DiCaprio, and I would have sounded like a real idiot. Da Vinci. <laughs> is your bro come on yeah what game and though the whole cast of characters including uncle mario <laughs> who might be played by chris pratt <laughs> anyway but it's just so incredible jasper key i think he has the best video game score of all time yeah of all time. Well, I don't agree, silent. but <laughs> don't agree. But I haven't heard the music in a really long time. So 
It's just Let one me final fantasy. It for you. One final fantasy. Oh. Yes, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's no snake eater. But oh yeah, fair point. <laughs> that is the greatest gaming song ever. What sound? I can hear you. I said it's no snake eater. Snake wow. eater song. Yeah. Snake eater. Well, that's. <laughs> Let me put my nerd classes on. That would be a soundtrack, and this is a score. <laughs> of musical Demetrius. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, yeah. Well, I, well, actually, that would be a, a soundtrack. <laughs> but everything about this is so good. That was my you... first like non Nintendo game, and it's like, oh, I'm a big boy now. <laughs> 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 You spoke about the earlier on we talking about Fallout, you spoke about the side missions. The side missions in Assassin's Creed 2 were, were phenomenal. Um, the whole Adam and Eve thing, finding that sequence, and even collecting the feathers, which was the worst part of the platinum. I still kinda yeah. remember it fondly. Ah my god, I'll do it for the kid. Yeah. The, the best story I have of Assassin's Creed 2 is uh you know the way you kill the Pope at the end? <laughs> oh yeah. My mom is my mom's like super religious, and um, I was talking about it to my brother, and she was she was so disgusted. She's like, "You killed the pope." I was like, "No, but mom, you don't understand. He was a real bad guy." Yeah, not like real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. like the no. <laughs> Yeah, the pope is such a good guy in real life. <laughs> I thought I was going to get disowned that day whenever I killed the pope. So, uh, yeah. So and that was that was the last of like, Assassin's Creed game I ever completed as well. Assassin's has Creed. she ever seen the Yum Pope? <laughs> she hasn't. <laughs> Great memes out of that. <laughs> I'll inform her. I was like, you need to see this. Will I get the sound? Yes. Um, oh yeah. Actually, okay. Maybe not. I don't know. Find <laughs> out on next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Mori show again. <laughs> oh yeah assassin's creed 2 the one that almost got jessica disowned <laughs> best sequel of all time for that reason <laughs> how can you explain to her like okay listen the pope wanted to take over the world and <laughs> your mom would be like to spread the good word <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yes <laughs> but what if the good word wasn't good yeah to be fair to her, I had a really I could I couldn't explain it well, okay. But still. So it was a no-no. But that was our best gaming sequels. Guys, what's the honorable mentions? Actually, first, at Final Fantasy, it is a sequel in the series, technically, mm-hmm. but it's its own game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. like like 13-2, I guess, would be more of a sequel than or like that 10.2 or something like that's yeah, ten, cool. ten two, ten what is two. wrong with that franchise <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know but yet again i just bring out my money and be like all right square here you okay. go that's a dollar or a pound <laughs> Um, honorable mention for me, we were talking about great soundtracks or scores. Um, Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 had an amazing um, soundtrack and it was definitely on my list for best sequels. Um, what a groundbreaking, unique game that was. And Resident Evil 4 was my other one. Um, again, moved the needle for horror action games. Arguably, it had a 
negative knock-on effect when you look at Resident Evil 5 and 6, but Resident Evil 4 at the time was was a masterpiece. So that was my two honourable mentions, Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Yeah, I um, I had Resident, a bunch of Resident Evil layers too, but then I was like, ah, I don't know, like Resident Evil 7 is probably my favourite. And I'm like, yes, it's a sequel, but also it kind of rebooted the franchise, so I don't know. I put it as an honourable mention. Any Naughty Dog game, basically, like I, they're just incredible at sequels, even back in the Crash days. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of the other one I had, sorry. Noah, any honourable mentions for you? Yeah, I thought about Black Ops 2 and Modern Warfare 3, but yeah. the thing with those is I kind of felt like that it like they felt a little short in some areas, like with Modern Warfare 3, I feel like fans of that tend to prefer the second one. So I'm like, well, if it's not really better than, than the one that came before, that's not going to be a mention for me. And to me, Black Ops 2, like campaign, I'd say, I'd say I prefer the, the original Black Ops campaign. I, I did like the second one, though. I just kind of preferred the historical context of the first one. It, that multiplayer was a huge improvement. That one of my favorite multiplayers. And people, the thing is, people like that zombies, but I'm, I'm not one of those people. I really just did not like the Black Ops 2 zombies. <laughs> Call of Duty games are a good show. Actually, I'd put Call of Duty... Yeah. Oh god, they did have a really good run, and I really like Call of Duty yeah. for its story. Like it was, it was really good, like a global, Modern better than any other other one. Hmm, Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, yeah, it was also first great. Black Ops. Yeah, does the first Black Ops count as a sequel? I guess it does. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, that's it's a sequel a, to World of War. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a Final Fantasy situation. <laughs> like it has yeah. the name Ash. Wow. Yeah, we, we weren't we weren't going to throw it out or anything, but yeah. And also, I really like Call of Duty 3. It was like the yeah. first Call of Duty I played, and Xbox Live was just taking off, so I played it online a lot. Um, I think it I think it was a great game, too. So you're killing other people, but the Pope is the line? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Actually, now I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> the... <laughs> but... <laughs> Any government person who has this act, uh, I do not condone uh, the killing of the Pope. It is a fictional thing. <laughs> Even though some of them are like really, really bad. But you know. It's fine. The college games you kill the presidents, don't you? So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Fictional presidents. <laughs> but I think, of it, was this a real Pope in Assassin's Creed 2? Yes. Yeah, he was real. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, and he was also a real bad guy in real life. Oh, so. okay. Ooh, yeah. Renaissance Pope is bad. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't Would know you if I'm right or like... not about this. Was he Borgia? Was he Pope Borgia? Yeah, Borgia. I think he was. Yeah, yeah there's was, a whole yeah. TV show about how awful he is. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think you'd get some history on this podcast now, did you? <laughs> E-commerce... Fresh water versus salt water. <laughs> it's what gamers wanted, I think. Of course. Of course. Of course. Not the content they needed, but the content they wanted <laughs> for the other way around. It's, yeah. Of course, exactly. Anything else before we wrap this all up with a bow and stuff and string and silly putty? There are actually so many. Um, I'd agree with Noah. Halo 3 is my favorite. Um, it it reiterated on what two did again maybe not story-wise but i just love the, the improvements to the combat in it um half-life 2 that's the other one i wanted to mention um sorry i was just googling the thing i was on before um 
again half-life one like i played it a little bit on the pc didn't have a great pc but still tried half-life 2 is just so good and like so another one of those like epic journey type ones as well um i need to go back and play it it's been so long uh, i think the best sequels what we've established today is the best sequels are the ones that move the needle for gaming like yeah. half-life 2 yeah. you know that physics engine so iconic fallout 3 um you know certain games that just it's like oh wow we can do this now mm. uncharted 2 as well i would say as an example of that it was kind of like it just it paved the way forward for a lot of other games that came after it um and a lot of these sequels did that so fair play to them yeah i and think you're like, you've hit it on the head like that's why we get excited for gaming sequels over like movie sequels or i don't know like extra mm. seasons or something like because you know they can improve upon can what expand yeah what yeah. made like the other one what the other uh ones before it great yeah i would say super mario galaxy 2 is amazing and i'm still mad that they didn't include it in the 3d all-stars yeah <laughs> it's nintendo <laughs> Right. <laughs> if they I can like make it, the wrong decision they will <laughs> i love that's the uh, slogan it's nintendo mm. <laughs> that and another nintendo animal crossing's new horizon yeah mm -hmm. that's a good pick shout out to my ac fans <laughs> both assassin's creed and animal crossing yeah the <laughs> crossover we needed yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if Far Cry can have a Stranger Things crossover. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yet again, that makes a little more sense. It's not like, you know, Tom and Altair, or, you know, teaming up, or it's like the Creed is like, nah. Tom like... and Altair. <laughs> I'm surprised Assassin's Creed and the Rabbits haven't had a crossover yet. Oh, my God. That, I'm going, yeah. that is ripe for a crossover, right? Because it's Ubisoft. Or the, are the rabbits Templars, or they? Uh, <laughs> it's like, Templar and it's like in translation. It's like free will is obsolete. <laughs> yeah. I'd play that. Yeah. I would. Yeah. We should have a podcast like gaming ideas that will never work, but gosh, we yeah. want them. Yeah. <laughs> right. That sounds good. Uh, shout out to Half Life Three for not existing. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a gamer joke for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you might not be aware what games are because we know you came here for your conversion rates. And yep, <laughs> your fish stuff. Yep. <laughs> My parents are gonna be so impressed. Like, oh yeah, like he's talking about e-commerce, he's talking about fish, <laughs> and then it's the dead grandma. <laughs> Don't you dare edit that out. It's what she would have wanted, Jessica. <laughs> and that is a fact. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think I think that'll do it. That's a nice little pleasant bow to end things on. Jessica, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Resi Jesse on Twitter. Daniel, where can people find you? You can find me on the pop shock podcast we just recorded an episode today where we were talking about the mcu going forward because it feels quite aimless at the minute in my opinion and speaking of that that kind of conversation was spurred by my review for thor love and thunder which is on the king gamer website spoilers i didn't like it much um so yeah pop shock on facebook and youtube and twitter and all that good stuff and you can follow me at twitter at Danboy95 for movie and game reviews. Woo. Noah, where can people find you? 
You can find my YouTube channel on YouTube. Type in the Black Rose of Spaces. If you don't find it right away, add the word Bethesda. And speaking of that, in about an hour, I'll be unveiling the mother of each of Yarl Balgriff's children. Yeah, so hopefully you guys can join me for the watch party. It's it's exciting. People will listen to that after, so it will already yeah. it, you're recording this as well, right? Well, well, it's it's recorded. It's going to premiere. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you can find that on his channel, and you can find me on uh, Twitter, Marco five one two. But you can find a lot of great stuff at KingGamer.com. We got guides, news, reviews, all good stuff. You can find this podcast on Spotify. Rate us five stars, and guess what? We're on Apple Podcasts because we made it, Ma. <laughs> We did it. <laughs>